Our next guest is one of my favorite people we have on the show, an absolute gentleman, legendary quarterback, friend of the program, Joe Theismann, joins me right now. Joe, hope you had a good summer, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on. So far, so good, Bill. Uh, I understand you were away a little bit on a vacation, so I hope it was a great one for you. I had a great time with my wife and my kids. It was wonderful. Yeah, you know, that family time is always really important, but you know you're a lucky guy, Joe, and you can do that. Come back, and it turns out you love your job, and you're happy to be back to it. Amen to that. I know exactly what you mean. It's uh, it's great to be able to celebrate the time with the family, sort of recharge and get going and get get ready for what looks like it's going to be an incredible football season. It re- it really does, and it is amazing the number of storylines out there. How many quarterbacks are are facing really interesting levels of pressure, expectations, and opportunity? And I think maybe all of those apply to to Carson Wentz. What is the level of optimism there? What What is your level of optimism for a guy who obviously has showcased some talent, but there are real question marks about who he is in this league right now? I think he's. I think he has a tremendous opportunity to be able to reestablish himself. I mean, prior to his injury in Philadelphia, I think everybody sort of conceded the fact that he was certainly one of the top-running candidates for most valuable player in the National Football League. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and, uh, you know, the recovery process is difficult. Everybody wants to try and come back quicker. I'll just, I'll just sidebar a little bit with Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak developed arm problems. He developed calf problems. And that was because I think he tried to come back so quick and was able to come back to a certain degree uh, last year. He'll be a better player this year. Most of these injuries are two-year injuries. And I think Carson tried to come back and, and be the Carson Wentz he was but he didn't have the mobility that he did before. So he learned to adjust. And then, you know, a, a couple of bad games in Indianapolis really got him out of there. And, of course, uh, Mr. Ursay continues to let everybody know that he just wasn't happy with the situation. And So this is a great opportunity for him. I believe it's the last year of a contract. Uh, he's with – he's got – Washington has surrounded itself. You know, he's got that position surrounded by some pretty darn good players. And one of the more understated aspects of the of the commanders has been their offensive line. Uh, they've been pretty solid the last couple of years. So I, I, everything is there for the taking for him. Let's put it that way. Now the question is, can you capitalize on it? Joe, what would be, Joe Theismann here on, on the show, what would be a successful, not for the team, but, but, but for Carson Wentz in particular, what does a successful season for him look like? Number one, making decisions with the ball in your hand. If it isn't there, throw it away. Protect points. Uh, in the preseason game, he took a sack, took him out of field goal range. He, those, are, those are the kind of things that I think he needs to eliminate. I mean, they're going to happen on, on a periodic basis, but that's been one of the things that people have talked about with Carson. He just tries sometimes to do too much. I had to learn to do that. I mean, if you learn, it, it, it's so hard. You want to be able to do things, but there are times where if you just throw it away, if you just let the defense go do their job, let the punter go do their job, your life becomes easier, and we almost make it more complicated. And I think for him, what would be a successful year would be, obviously, he does a good job of protecting the ball when he comes to throwing it because he only threw seven interceptions last year. Not concerned about that. I think they're going to put him in a situation where he'll be able to make big plays for this offense, which they, they need to do. But it's what are you going to do with the ball in your hand? That's what I, I want to see the decisions that he makes through the course of a game and through the course of the season. That, to me, will determine whether it's a successful operation or one he struggles with. 
Joe, uh, Tom Brady stepped away from the Bucks for a while in excused absence. We don't know the details. He is now back today. Do you run any risk? And again, we don't have the details, but in general, do you run a risk when you're a quarterback of that stature of turning off some teammates or a locker room, or have you earned whatever latitude you want when you're at that level of accomplishment? I think in Tom's case, he's earned the level of uh, consideration from everyone. The fans, you know, the fans had more of a concern than anything else. Is, is he okay? Is everything all right? And, and, you know, when you analyze, he missed 11 days, Bill. But how many practices did he miss? He's very, you know, it, the same offensive coordinator, Brian Leftwich, is still there. Uh, so, and you know, it looks, looks like Bruce Arians got his little, he's dipping his toe back in the water a little bit, working with the quarterbacks. And, and so if you miss, if you miss 11 days, how many of them are actually practice days? I think he missed a total of four practice days through that period of time. That is, that is nothing. Um, Tom knows the offense. You don't have a lot of new receivers. The only real addition is Julio, and, and they're going to find spots for him. And their, their receiving core is very deep in a lot of places. And they're all familiar with Tom, so I, I'm not the least bit concerned. Uh, hopefully during this period of time, you know, everything got settled in his mind. They said it wasn't physical, so whatever he needed to take care of, it was taken care of, and he gets to focus on football. Joe Theismann, staying in, uh, in Florida, the, the new head coach of the Dolphins, gave an interesting interview to, to a former radio host about Tua Tungavailoa and how he's a righty, but he throws left-handed. It's the most perfect ball he's ever seen. It kind of made some news and it made some chuckles. I'm more interested in, with all the weapons around Tua, and I think what are real, what is real pressure and expectations, and with the stories at the start of the summer that Tom Brady had or maybe will eye the Dolphins at some point, what is your confidence level in Tua being able to be successful enough at the quarterback position that the Dolphins are a good, a competitive, a, even a dangerous football team this year? Well, first, uh, first of all, regarding Tom Brady going to Miami, you know there were a lot of spe- there was a lot of speculation. He wanted to go basically, I think, to San Francisco because that's where he grew up. Would have loved it up there, but Jimmy G came off a you know a, a Super Bowl performance that fell a little bit short, but still. Uh, you know, I think that changed their minds. There was the talk now with Dana White talking about, well, he could have broken yeah. a deal with with the Raiders. I mean, that's yeah. something else. It seems like until Tom leaves the game, he's going to wind up in a lot of different conversations in a lot of different places. As far as Tua goes, this is, I think, he and Jalen Hurts are the two guys that are under the biggest microscopes this year when it comes to young quarterbacks because Miami has surrounded him with opportunity with players. Defensively, Miami's defense was understated, I think. I think they're really good on that side of the ball, which is a quarterback's best friend. The question's going to be is, what kind of decisions is he going to make? And I know you went and got Tariq Hill, who can run like the wind, but can you get the ball down the field to him? That's the biggest question, I think, that looms for Tua, is his arm strength. You know, everybody, like a lot of people throw it. Tom Brady throws a pretty ball. Warren Moon threw one of the best I've ever seen. Brett Favre could spiral, could, could spin it. Drew Brett, yeah, I mean, that's what you get paid to do is throw spirals and, and make them look pretty. Now, in some cases, some guys, you know, didn't necessarily throw the tightest of spirals, Peyton being one of them, but you can't argue with the success. I, I think Tua has a great opportunity to be able to be successful there. Now, the question is, will he be able to deliver in those moments? That's the big thing. Are you able to, when it's third down and eight, it's late in the game. You need to pick up a first down. Can you get the ball where it belongs? Do you throw it a little bit behind the receiver? Do you miss him by a little bit? Um, 
know, can you move around and make a play? Those will be the moments, I think, that will define whether or not Tua has a chance to do what Miami wants him to do. Same thing with Jalen in Philadelphia. Joe Theismann here on, on the show. I'm Bill Ryder at CBS Sports Radio. Is Ryder than you. Joe, you, you brought up the, the news, the uh, Dana White news bomb that he dropped saying that, that Tom Brady basically was going to be a Raider and that, that John Gruden decided that wasn't the route he wanted to go. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. With the benefit of time, you get to know how things end up. But going back to when Brady left the Patriots, whether it was John Gruden or anybody else, how obvious should it have been or how difficult would it have been at that moment to have evaluated what Brady still had at what is still a pretty advanced age for a quarterback? I, th- I think it was easy to evaluate. I mean, the biggest thing is his arm strength. The, you know, Tom, has been, Tom has been healthy from the waist down, had the one knee problem, but only lost a year. So you look at his entire career. Uh, he hasn't missed hardly any time at all. He loves to practice. He likes camp. He loves being around the guys. He loves the game of football. I hear this all the time from people. Why is Tom Brady doing it? Because he loves it because he can. And, and people don't understand that that's who we are. I, I think you don't get to a certain level unless you have a passion for the game. And Tom has a tremendous passion for this game. Now, keep in mind, it's a little bit like and I, I liken it to um, you know, there wasn't anything I think New England could have offered Tom Brady to keep him there because I think he looked at that football team and they were going to become a younger team in transition. Then he looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He looked at the defense. He said, you know what? This is one of the best defenses in football. Like I said, I believe it's a quarterback's best friend. Then you look at the receiving core. You know, Godwin, Evans. Um, you, you've got, you know, you've got, you've got a, a tr- you know, maybe, you know, Gronk possibly going wherever he goes. So now you look at the receiving core. One of the best, a couple of years ago, one of the best offensive lines in football. Now that's been beat up a little bit now, and that'll be an interesting aspect of as we go forward. But if you look at all the pieces, Tampa made more sense than any place else, in my mind, because that's what they were missing down there. Remember, with Jameis Winston, I believe they won, what, did they win seven football games? Seven and nine, yeah. With seven and nine, yeah. and, they, and, and Jameis was 30 and 30. Right. I mean, it, you know, 30, t- 30 interceptions. You know, yeah. you know Tom's not going to turn it over, and they still won seven games. So to me, I, no other place to me made sense as much as Tampa, and, and I think it, it turned out pretty much that way. Joe, uh, last question for you. I could, Man, this is great. I could do this for, for, for an hour with you. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is being paid a whole bunch of money, and it, it has that guaranteed quarter of a billion dollars. Like in most sports, can re- orient, recalibrate how the market works. Reports out there that the reason the Ravens have been unable to get Lamar Jackson to sign a contract extension is because he is looking at Deshaun Watson's deal as what he wants that to be based on. And the reports include the the, uh, the claim, the news, that he's been he's been offered Lamar Jackson more money than, than Kyler Murray. Is this just the new reality that if you have a quarterback that's a top you know, 5, 10 QB, you have to pay him ungodly sums of money or do you think there is some legitimate reason for the Ravens to be to be weary here well there's there's two things Bill first of all I think that the market dictates what the value of individuals are okay first of all you look I mean Aaron Rodgers is at 50 million he's the only one that's worth 50 million I mean if I look at the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers I think they're seven and ten as a football team with Aaron Rodgers 14 and three maybe 13 and four but that's that's the significant impact that I believe he can have. And it's going to be interesting without Devontae there. 
And the other thing is, is you look around the league. If you don't sign Tyler Murray, if you don't sign Deshaun Watson, if you don't, if you don't sign um, Lamar Jackson, where are you going? If you're the Baltimore Ravens, I, I like Huntley. I actually think he could play. I, I think the kid can play really, really good football for them. But um, you're, you're a unique individual. You have a unique skill set. And the pool of quarterbacks to choose from, if you don't sign your guy, is very, very shallow. So it's, number one, the market is dictating it. And number two, the lack of people at that position to be able to do what you need to do, and that's when a championship, that's what they're looking at in Baltimore, um, is a very small amount of people as well. Joe Theismann, as always, my friend, it is great having you on the program. You said it. it's going to be, I think, a riveting NFL season, and I can't wait to talk to you about it over the next several months. Thank you for being on. Appreciate you, and look forward to the, to the next conversation. Bill, so do I. Thanks for having me. Take care.